Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, leader of The Heart. I want to welcome you to The Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. We are uh, we're in a new series. Uh, this is the second week of our series at the movies. And what we do, we don't necessarily do this every summer, I don't think, but we try to do it in the summertime because summertime is a big time for movies. And um, what we'd like to do is look at some movies, old movies, new movies, whatever it happens to be in our life, and see what truths can we pull out of these, right? What are the lessons that we can learn even if we're at home on a Friday night watching a movie on Netflix? What are the things that we can learn and how exploring these topics can grow our faith. So last week we dug into Back to the Future uh, and we talked about how our decisions today shape our tomorrow, right? Our decisions that we make today are literally shaping the future. So there was a challenge there to really, really pay attention and be intentional with your decisions. So today, what I want to talk about is a little bit about the power of community. So uh, I know if you, if you know the movie, I'm going to give you a quote, see if you can guess the movie. Don't shout it out. Just raise your hand if you know it. Okay, here's the first quote. In the jungle, you must wait until the dice read five or eight. Does anybody already know where that is? Okay. Um, I'll give you one more. Jumanji. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Okay, somebody knows it. Yeah, we're talking about Jumanji today, but the old school Jumanji, not The Rock and Kevin Hart, which are great movies, but this old school 1995 Jumanji. And so I was watching it this week, and um, I'm looking for different things in there. And, um, you know, what can I'm, I'm looking at it as well. Like, what can Jumanji teach me about my faith? What are some things I can pay attention to that's happening in this movie. And so what I want to talk about today with y'all is the power of the people that we have around us, okay? The choice to be in community. Because there is power in community for sure, right? There, there's power in being around people, but you choosing to be in that is a whole next level of community, right? Being around people is one thing. Choosing to make eye contact with the people around you is the next step, right? Then choosing to say something to the people around you is another step. In fact, I, I, I bet there are so many of you who maybe have uh, take, uh, you have a little bit of hesitation going to church, especially a new church. He's like, man, I'm not trying to meet seven people every time I walk into this building. You know, I just kind of want to go in and check it out. So even that, that step into community can be difficult for us. And if you don't know anything about the movie, I'll give you a quick gist. So there's this game that you play called Jumanji, and these two, uh, these two kids start the game. One of them gets stuck in the jungle, five or eight, gets stuck in the jungle for 20 years, whatever it is, 30 years, and they come out and they have to finish the game. So there's these two older people, uh, not super old, like early 40s, very young, you get it, uh, two older people and two kids, and they're finishing, they have to play this game. They don't know each other. They learned to trust each other and rely on each other throughout this movie. And so it got me thinking about myself and where do I rely on people? Where am I completely honest and open and sharing with, my, with the people in my life? And where, more importantly, at least for me, Am I not the most honest and open and sharing? Because I would say for myself, and I can't speak for you, but I would say for myself that I am fairly open 
and fairly honest, and that is 100% honesty, <laughs> that I am fairly honest about most things. And something came up with my wife and I, if you haven't met her, her name's Amber, uh, we've been married for just a little over 17 years, and something came up recently that I didn't realize I did until I saw my dad do it, okay? So watch, watch this, here's what it is. Every time, and I can say this with certainty, I know what a lot of people say every time or all the time, they don't really mean it. I mean every single time that my wife asks me if I'm tired, I say no. It doesn't matter what time it is. It doesn't matter how tired I am. I always say no. Does anybody else do something like that? No? Okay. Are you tired? No. Are you hungry? No. Are you full? No. <laughs> None of those are true. Sometimes they're true. But I, found, I, I find myself doing that, and it's maybe, uh, so I'm like, okay, do I not trust? Do I not trust her? Do I not trust her with this information, this very vital information, if I'm tired or not? And I think what I do, I think what I do is, if you asked me if I was tired, I would absolutely tell you no. Because here's what I think, and I don't think this um, uh, consciously or like you're out to get me, but when, when, when she asks me, or somebody asks me if I'm tired, I say no because if I want to be tired later, then I can be. But if we, we, we're doing something, my fear is, or my thought is, okay, if she asks me on the way home if I'm tired and I say yes, then when we get home, she's going to want me to hurry up and go to bed and go to sleep, and I don't want to do that. There's a lot of, you know, there's a show I need to watch, or maybe I just want to stay up and do laundry, or whatever, whatever I want to do. So I noticed that about me, that that's, uh, maybe that wasn't, uh, well, I guess it is a little bit of dishonesty, but why couldn't I just trust myself and trust this person who I love very deeply, but for whatever reason in that moment, I didn't trust her with the information if I was tired or not. Now, being tired or not is not that big of a deal, but I want you to expand that out and say how many times do we do that with the relationships in our life? And how many times do we do that with God? Right? We, 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 uh, we had a, uh, uh, a message series a few weeks ago where we talked about the power of our words. And one of the challenges we had was when we pray to God, I don't know if any of you are still doing it, one of the challenges was when you pray to pray out loud. Right? There's something different. Then when you know, you're, you're thinking through your prayer and you're praying in your quiet time, that's great, keep doing that. But there's something different when you hear yourself saying out loud what you're praying for, the words that you use. And so that, 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 that reminding me, reminded me of this, of that choice to trust. So how many times in our faith are we maybe holding back a little bit not praying for exactly what we want, maybe praying for what we think we should want, what we think we should do. And how many times does that affect our relationships? And I, and I have to say, for, for me personally, okay, and, and I, I don't necessarily think that everyone needs to think this way at all, but for me personally, my faith, the way I practice my faith is very much connected to the people around me and to the things around me and to things that I do. So for me personally, when I talk about growing my faith, that is a part of growing myself personally, growing myself emotionally, growing myself mentally. 
And you don't need to think that way. If, you, if it's better for you to kind of compartmentalize your faith, well, on Sundays from 10 to 11, that's when I grow my faith, and the rest of the time I'm working on other things. Whatever it needs to be for you, I just want to give you context for sure about where I'm coming from when I talk about how our faith, our life, our relationships, our pursuits are connected, especially when it comes to our faith. And this is an opinion. I'm not telling you how to live your life. I'll do that in a little bit, in a few minutes. So I want to look at a particular verse today that's in uh, the book of Ecclesiastes. Now, that is in the Old Testament, and if you don't know uh, much about it, I'll give you a little, a little insight before we jump into the verse. So this is kind of a collection uh, 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 of writings written by someone who was reportedly in this incredibly wise, incredibly wealthy, and so it was written by someone who literally had resources to have everything, to experience everything, to do whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted. And it's a pretty interesting book because a lot of it is about how meaningless life is. You know, there's, there, there's so, we, did a, we did a series one time called Spiritual Bypass, and we talked about how when it comes to our faith, when it comes to Christianity, there can be this temptation Right? When, when, when somebody asks you, especially at church, how are you doing? How are things going? You're like, oh, I'm you know, blessed. Better than I deserve. Blessed and highly favored. And whether that's true or not, that can sometimes be the automatic response. Right? We don't want to complain because we have God on our side. What business do we have being depressed or anxious or complaining when the God of the universe, the creator of all, happens to be in love with us and we love him too? So that there can be a danger there to spiritually bypass and say, well, I have no business complaining, so I won't, right? Or I have no business being uh, uh, depressed, so I'm just going to tell everybody that I'm not, and I'm going to tell myself that I'm not. So this book, Ecclesiastes, is exciting to me because throughout the book, he's like, yeah, you can work a lot, and you can make a lot of money, but it's meaningless. It's like chasing the wind. And he talks about you can... You can be with a lot of, you can be married to a lot of women or a lot of men, and you can have all the things that you want. It's meaningless. You can have all the money that you want, save up a bunch. You know what? At the end of life, it's meaningless. This is the theme throughout the book. So for me, it's helpful to kind of like scratch that itch of like, oh, okay, not everything is, you know, rainbows and sunshine all the time. There is some real emotion. Okay, I can dig that. So for this particular verse I want to look at, it's one, of, it's one of the few that I found in this book that doesn't end with, but it's meaningless. Because all these big things that we worry about and think about in life, this author's opinion is those things are meaningless. And he kind of wraps it all up at the end. It's not really meaningless. It doesn't, he's not saying it really doesn't matter if you do or don't these, do these things. But I'll let you read that if you want. So I want to look at chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. And I'm going to start in verse 7, but then we'll jump into 9 here in a sec, okay? So it's verse 7. I observed yet another example of something meaningless under the sun, and this is the case of a man who is all alone. So there's the meaningless. A man who is all alone, without a child, without a brother, yet who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can, but when he asks himself, who am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure? It is all so meaningless and depressing. That's what I'm talking about. This is my kind of verse. Now watch this, though. Watch where he goes from this. Verse 9. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? 
A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. What I see there, especially after watching Jumanji, is that having people around us is better than not having people around us. Now, when it comes to a topic like this, this is, and, and I know, this is where I, I want to be honest with you all, this is very easy for me to be around people, to make friends with people, to connect with people. I mean, it takes me 30 minutes to go get coffee because i got to check in with everybody working at the coffee shop. And then there's this, you know, this, the, the place next to the coffee shop is where I do my workouts, and so I, I go in and pop them there, and I'm not there to work out. I'm just there to bother them and drink coffee and talk to them. I'm just creating community in these places. So that is easy for me. The reason I want to talk about it is because I know that it's not easy for everyone. I know that it's not easy to rely on people all the time, to bring people around you all the time, to trust people all the time. I had some great conversations with, uh, with my wife this week of kind of talking through this because she does not think like this at all. For her, she feels like, yeah, there's people around me that I, you know, love and support, but when it comes down to it, I trust me to get things done in my life. Maybe you feel that way, You've, or maybe there's, a, there's kind of an in-between where there are people you trust, but other times you kind of need to, you feel like you need to look out for yourself. And so we can feel like, okay, well, am I looking out for others, or am I looking out for myself? And I wish life was as black and white as that, but it's just not. So I want us to be thinking about this idea, this concept of where, where in your life, where in your faith, are there opportunities to lean in more, to trust more? And, I, and I'm not saying maybe where there are opportunities to trust God more. Sure, that is, that is an area I'm talking about. But I want to, if I can, and let's see if we can do it together, I want to build and bridge a connection between how we trust God, how we rely on God, how we reach out to God, and the connection of how we trust others and rely on others and reach out to others. Because maybe you can make a case that it's the same approach, that the same way you trust God is the same level you trust others when it comes to your faith. Here, I wrote this down. I want to say this to y'all. When, when you rely on others, it grows your faith. When you rely on others, it grows your faith. You taking time to rely on the people in your life will grow your faith. I think there are some times, especially, you know, kind of in the society we live in, where when it comes to Christianity or it comes to our faith or it comes to the things that we're thinking through and digging through when it comes to our faith, I think it can be easy to get caught up in this is my faith, right? This is my personal faith. This is my personal Jesus. This is my personal God. And sometimes that language is helpful. Sometimes it is helpful to remind yourself that God cares for you. I know there's days where it's helpful for me to remember that God not only cares for everybody, but also cares for me. Do you see the difference in that perspective? Sometimes it's helpful to remember that God also sees you. 
Because if you're anything like me, I feel like, yeah, God sees everybody, God loves everybody, God knows everybody, that's great. But today, I don't feel very seen and known. So sometimes the the personal faith is helpful language. But I, I want you to stay with me here as we connect our faith with our growth. Here, one more thing I wrote down is choosing community. This is maybe a fear that some of you might have. Choosing community doesn't mean becoming extroverted, right? I think sometimes, because I am naturally extroverted, I can think, yeah, it's just easy. You just go up and talk to strangers. What's the big deal? And for some of us, that is a nightmare. For some of us, when COVID happened in 2020, we loved it. I get to stay home. I don't have to interact with anyone some people were living the dream. Was anybody living the dream during COVID, staying home and doing nothing? Okay, bless your hearts. It was a nightmare for me. I, I need to be around people, right? So because we have so many different approaches to the way that we live our life, the way that we approach community, the way we approach people, I feel, at least for me, it was important to say Because at the end of today, I am going to ask you, I am going to challenge you to choose community. So it was important for me to tell you that choosing community doesn't mean you have to become extroverted. It doesn't mean you have to be great at meeting people. It doesn't mean you have to make presentations. It just means you become more of yourself. It is my opinion that we, humanity, are built for community. It doesn't mean we don't need our alone time. It doesn't mean, and of course, there's outliers, and there's some people who don't need anybody, and they can live in the woods and just never talk to anybody again. But we are built for community. We're made to have people around us, to support us, to trust us, and for us to trust. Right? There's, there's maybe a small element in you already. There's maybe a small seed of this in you right now. And, and, and here's why I know there might be a small seed of this. Because you didn't need to come here to listen to this today. You didn't need to be here. We're on live stream. You can listen to it later on the podcast or on YouTube. There's churches that have bigger productions and have, uh, you know, way better speakers. Not as handsome probably, but at least as good. Right? So there was a part of you that says, yeah, but I'm going to go today. I want to be there. And part of you knew that there was going to be other people around you. Maybe today you choose to talk to somebody and maybe you don't. It doesn't matter. That's no big deal. That's not the point. But there is a small part of us that says, yeah, it's, it, it'll be better for me to be there, though. Yeah, I can listen to it. Yeah, I can watch the live stream. And there's nothing wrong with watching the live stream. I'm saying for when you do choose to come in person, there's something that draws you to that. There's something in you that says, yeah, but it's going to be a little bit different if I'm there. Because I'll be around people who are also working on their faith. And then maybe you start up a conversation. Maybe you go to Connect Group. Why do we do Connect Group? So we can grow our faith together. If your faith grew best when you were alone, again, this is my opinion, If your faith grew best when you were alone, we wouldn't need to have Sunday morning experiences and we wouldn't need to have connect group. But I believe that our faith, and maybe I believe it because that is my personal experience. (laughs) Imagine that, me selfishly looking at my life and telling you about it, right? 
There's a part of us that believes, that sees, that knows that when we're around others, something changes. We're around others. Let's say we're thinking about something about our faith. We're thinking that we want to have more faith. Maybe, maybe you're telling yourself, I wish I had more faith. Or you look at somebody who, who you see as a faithful person, you say, I, I wish I had faith like that. And you're just saying that in your head. Something changes when you have a conversation and somebody asks you about your faith or how's your life going. And when you have to articulate what you're thinking, it changes everything. Now you're talking about, oh, I wish I had more faith. And if it were somebody like me, I'd say, what do you mean by more faith? Well, now you're having to think through what you mean by that. Now this interaction is helping to grow your faith because you trusted me enough to say that out loud. So it is my opinion that when we choose community, choose to have people around us, choose to share, not everything, some of the things that are going on in your life, whatever your boundaries are, when you choose to share those things, it is my opinion that your faith will grow. In fact, last thing I, I wrote down is your faith will grow in connection with others way more than it would ever grow alone. I've seen it. For the last seven years, I have seen it happen. Now, I'm not saying it's impossible for your faith to grow if you're on your own. Absolutely. It just supercharges our, our growth in our faith when we are around others. When we are facing some of the, some of the same things. It's happened so many times in my life where I felt like I, I was in the middle of a situation or I was heading into a situation, and you, you, you have this thing, it, it, tell me if you've if you ever felt this, you have this thing where like, I'm probably the only one going through this, right? I'm probably the only one that is dealing with this. It, it seems like everyone else has their life together. Am I the only one that lost my job? Am I the only one going through a divorce? Am I the only one whose kids are acting uh, uh, bad? Yes, you are. Right? Sometimes you, if you're not careful, if you're not in your healthiest place, you can kind of tell yourself some of those things. So it's powerful. It's powerful when you get around people who are facing the same things. We always talk about that here at the heart. Is that, the, that is the power of this community. The power of this community is that we know that you are a mess. We know it. You know how we know? Because we're a mess. I'm a mess. I get in fights with my wife, I get in fights with my son, I get in fights with my friends, I'm in counseling. I'm a mess. But I'm in it and I'm here for it. And I know that you're a mess. You got good days, you look nice today. That's the power of the community is we don't wanna pretend that we're not in a mess. We don't, we don't wanna pretend that everything's always great all the time. We wanna be in it together. That's what it means to choose community. Not being introverted, extroverted, right? Not whatever number you are on the Enneagram or your Myers-Briggs or whatever your color is. Or... That's what it means to choose community, to say, all right, I I'm here for it. Some days I'm here for it, I'm 30%. Some days I'm here for it, I'm 70%. But I'm gonna choose community. And I promise you, I promise you, you will see your faith grow by choosing community around you. And I don't know what that looks like for you. Sometimes choosing community, and this is not a joke, sometimes choosing community is just deciding to smile instead of the normal face that you have. 
or that I have. Sometimes that's the step that we can take. But I tell you, it's easy for me to talk about this because that's what I want. I want to grow my faith. I want to talk things out with the people that I have in my life. I want to be honest with where I'm at in my faith. And I want to do that with people that I can trust because here's what I think happens. Is if I am in the practice, or if you, if you are in the practice of reaching out to people, of trusting people, of relying on people, it becomes easier and easier to reach out to, to trust, and to rely on God. It, it, it might seem, that might seem counterintuitive. It, it, it might be like, well, God, you know, I, I learned from this that God is the most trustworthy, so I'm going to trust God. I can't rely on people. People let me down all the time. But this book says that God never lets me down. But we practice trusting by trusting people in our life. We practice relying by relying on other people in our life. And I think, I think that's where we can go together to grow our faith. For someone like me, and maybe for you, if you're in a position right now, a, a, a time in your life where, man, I need, I, need, I need some more faith. I'm trying to grow my faith. I think that a great path to trusting God more and growing your faith is to trust people more in your life. So many times in my life, I, I, tell me if you've experienced this, so many times in my life, the way that I've gotten through something difficult has not been solely through prayer, right? So many times in my life, the way I've gotten through incredibly difficult things to deal with has not been solely through reading the Bible. It has been through reaching out to the people around me, talking about the things I'm struggling with, talking about the doubts that I have in my faith, the doubts that I have about life. That is when I have grown. And what I get to do is I get to, see, I get to see God through the people in my life. That could be a game changer for your faith. Instead of people being right here and God being up here, what if we remembered? What if we took the time to intentionally see, well, the same God that's in me is in these people around me. And today in this, I'm going to choose to see God's grace through this person's grace. God's forgiveness through this person's forgiveness. God's love through this person's love. Watch it unlock your faith. Watch it unlock the growth that you can have. If you could, I want you to close your eyes for a moment and bow your heads. I want to pray for us today. I want to challenge you today to choose community. Choose community this week. Whatever that means for you. Whatever that looks like for you. To practice that trust. Practice relying on someone and watch what happens. With your eyes closed and your heads bowed, I want to ask you, if you are willing to take that challenge this week, then on the count of three, I want you to put your hand up. One, two, three, put it up real quick and then put it down. Go ahead, put it down. Let's do it. Let's pray. God, we are so grateful to have you. We're so grateful to be able to trust you, to rely on you. God, I pray that this week, today, for the rest of our life, that you would give us the bravery that we need, the courage that we need to step into community, 
Not to change who we are, not to change our personality, but to be able to grow in the steps that we are ready for. God, I pray that you would put people around us who are willing and open to receive us, to love us for who we are. Thank you for this opportunity today. We love you, and we pray that in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, we like to say you don't have to go to church here to go to church here. That means you are already part of the community just by listening to the message today. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who may benefit from it. We would love to be a part of your journey of faith. Please visit us online at www.theheart.church forward slash next to see what your next step may be. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we would like to invite you to visit us in person this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how your relationships grow and how your faith grows.